Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. God, we love you, and we just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for always showing up. Thank you for never leaving and never forsaking us. Thank you for being a man of your word. Thank you that your promises are yes and amen for our lives. God, thank you for your word that is alive and active, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that it can help us find the, the narrow road, God, that it can be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, oh God, that we never have to wonder which way do we go, Lord. You gave us your word. We thank you, Jesus, for every warning in it. We thank you for every rebuke. We thank you for every encouragement. We thank you, Jesus, for your word, and we pray that every single one of us in this room would be passionate about your word, God, that there would be a desire to read your word, to devour your word, oh God, to keep it in our hearts so that we might not sin against you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have to remember that as Christians along this road, that this is what's going to keep you. The Bible says, how does a young man keep his way pure? How does a young woman keep his way, her way pure? It's by hiding this in their heart. You don't have to stumble around wondering how you're going to be able to stay holy and stay righteous Memorize scripture, read your Bible, put it in your heart. Amen? Come on, we need to have a passion for God's word. In the Western world, you know, we have Bibles all over the place printed. There are people in other countries that don't even get Bibles and we can't even pick ours up. We just let it collect dust. Those people, some of them are going into prison and all they have is what they've memorized. There are people who study God's word and memorize book by book so that when they're in prison, when they're in uh, isolation, when they're in a wet, cold cell, they can remember, they can bring to memory those things that they have read in the scripture and it brings them comfort and it brings them life. Let's not get lazy, okay? Let them encourage you to be passionate about the word of God. Everything in this Bible is useful for teaching and rebuking and helping you guide you along this path and equipping you for the good works that God has already given to us in advance. Amen. The message that I want to preach to you today is a call to persevere. And that is the call that we're going to read about from the book of Jude he gives us a call to persevere. He's writing a book to Christians. Can you turn me down a little bit? It's a little loud. He's writing a book to Christians, people who already know the word, people who have already heard from others. They know right from wrong, and he's writing to them. That means he's writing to us in this room, amen? So we're Christians, right? <laughs> That's us. It's so easy for us in, like I was saying, in the Western world to kind of go into a place of being on autopilot, right? And we all need to take inventory of our lives. We all need to be honest with where we're at in our walk. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we in Bible college? Why do we come to this church? Why do we go out evangelizing? Why do we go to our life group? Why do I serve in the youth ministry? Why do I take care of the building at church? Am I on autopilot? Am I just going through the motions? 
Why are you doing it? Is it because it's just your routine, it's your schedule now, and that's just what you do? Come on, that's a danger and a temptation for all of us to fall into that. Schedules are great. Routines are great. You've got to write things down. You've got to have calendars. You've got to know when you're doing stuff, when your stuff is due, your, your assignments, which I encourage all of you students to write down when your assignments are due, okay? There's no excuse. There is absolutely zero excuse for missing assignments. There is zero excuse for failing classes. I don't care how much ministry you do. If you're getting an F in your classes, I don't care about your ministry right now. Your priority is to do well in school. You better be excellent in school and in ministry, not just in ministry and you neglect your responsibilities. That's not the what God's called you to do. But come on, are we on autopilot? It's easy. It's nice to have, uh, it's nice to have schedules and routines, but if we're not careful and we don't include the Holy Spirit in our routine, we will get into a dangerous place of just doing it because we do it and we won't even know why anymore. It's important for us to understand the things of God. Do we believe what this Bible says? Do we? Because then we have a reason to do what we're doing, right? If I truly believe that Jesus came, died on the cross for my sins, rose again, went into heaven, and is coming back for me, I'm going to live this thing out. I'm going to have joy and a pep in my step no matter what I'm doing in the kingdom. Just like my brother was saying, we are building the kingdom of God. What an honor. What an honor to do ministry with Jesus. You're not doing ministry alone. Who do you think you come with every time you walk into this building? You're coming with Jesus. He's with you when you're counseling people, when you're doing discipleship, when you're cleaning the building. You're cleaning the building with Jesus. What an honor. We better believe what this Bible says because if we don't, it's going to show and eventually it's going to come out of our lives. We're going to be on autopilot. We're just going to do what we're doing because we do it and don't even know why. And we won't even be preaching the gospel the, the same way. We better understand that there is a heaven and there is a hell. The reality of that. We have to understand. I'm asking you these questions because the Bible warns us about people that are in the church but are not a part of the church. The Bible warns us about people that call themselves Christians but are actually not really saved. Their Bible warns us about Bible college students that are going to Bible college and don't even read their Bible or believe what it says. And our job is not to look at every single person sideways and be like, is that you? You, you don't really know Jesus. Do you? Are you really saved? Right? We don't need to do that. What we need to do is check our own lives. You got to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling is what the Bible says. Every single day with the fear of God. Because on that day, there will be people that say, Lord, Lord. And I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to fake the funk. I don't want to play pretend here. What are we doing here? Is this real life? Do we believe that it's a reality that if people die, they literally will be in torment forever? Forever. If we believed it, we would preach it. Amen? Come on. So there are two types of people that Jude is going to talk to us about. 
There are Christians, and then there are people that call themselves Christians, but they're not really Christians. There are Christians, and then there's people that slip in among the Christians and act like they're them, but they're not really them. Let's go to Jude 1. Like I said before, he's talking to Christians. He's writing his book to believers. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May peace and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our sovereign and Lord. Jude wanted to write to his friends, his Christian friends, and he wanted to write about the salvation that they shared. He wanted to share a testimony. He wanted to share the beauty of Jesus with them. But instead, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he was urged in his spirit to write them and warn them about those that are slipping in amongst them. And he had to encourage them and spur them on to contend for the faith. If you think about contending, there's a struggle to it. Maybe think about somebody that's, that's running and wanting to win a prize, like an athlete. What do they do? They give it their all. They jump over obstacles. They get around people in their way. They do whatever they can. They give it their all to get the prize, to get to the end. So what Jude is telling us here is that... He's setting us up to reject anything that is being offered to us other than that which has already been revealed to us through Christ. He's setting his friends up right here, Christians. Listen, they're trying to come in and persuade you to, to live a life of immorality, to deny that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the only way. So I want you to contend for the faith and don't let it go because they're trying to get you off course. I forgot the word. Come on. We already know the revelation. The revelation has already been given. There is no new revelation. There is no new law. The full message of truth and grace has already been given to us through Jesus Christ. Now we as Christians, as Jude's friends, we must now passionately and earnestly reject anything else that may try to sliver its way and stamp Jesus's name on it. So certain people have slipped in among us. And see, you have to catch the language here because who else just slips in among us? The sneaky snake, right? He's a sneaky, sneaky snake. He doesn't bust open the door and say, here I am, I'm the devil. He comes with little lies. He comes with deception. He comes with little temptation to see if he can get a foothold so he can just prop it open real quick. These people are the same way. They slither their way in very sleazy little snakish ways, acting like their father, the devil. And there's two ways 
that you can pervert the things of God that he warns us about. And a perversion of anything is just the wrong information, right? So it's not always sexual when we talk about perversion. If I say this table is black and it's actually white, that's a perversion of the truth. I'm not telling you the truth. So there's two ways that Jude is telling us that you can pervert the things of God, or two ways that they are. And number one, they're using the grace of God as a license for immorality. They're using the blood of Jesus and trampling on it to do what they want to do when they, do, when they want to do it and how they want to do it. And number two, they deny the lordship of Jesus Christ. We already know as Christians, it's a perversion because we already know that when you get saved, you don't continue in a lifestyle of sin. You're holy. You're righteous, right? You've been redeemed. You're justified. You don't use God's grace as a, as a rag just to wipe up your dirt and go back and do whatever you want and come back and wipe up your dirt and do whatever you want. Man, I would be afraid if that was what, what, what I was doing because you're going to stand before Jesus. That's not true salvation, we have been saved from sin. We don't have to continue in a lifestyle of sin. So if there is anyone under the sound of my voice, either online or in this room, that is in continuing in a lifestyle of sin, no matter how long apart you think it is. It's like I, I look at pornography one week, and then I'm good for a week, and then I do it again, and then I'm good for a week, and I do it again. That is not salvation. That is not true freedom. That is not living the way that Christ has called you to live. You can never look at it again. That is what he said. I've saved you from pornography. I've saved you from swearing. I've saved you from fits of rage. I've saved you from those things. So we don't continue in them. Amen. And we already know that Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So if anybody else says anything else, we already know that's a perversion. I, I reject it earnestly. I reject it passionately and I say no no I'm staying on the narrow road and I'm going to keep on preaching Jesus amen so there's two types of Christians well not two types of Christians two types of people in the church there's Christians and then there's those who have slipped in among us let's read verse 5 through 19 as he talks about what they're like and I love how he starts, though you already know all this, all of y'all, SUM students, MPI, though you already know all of this, I still want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains of for judgment on that great day. In a similar way, say in a similar way. Come on, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. You think he's playing around with us right now? No, he is not playing games he just encouraged us and wanted to tell us about his salvation, but he felt compelled to encourage us to contend for the faith. Why? Because if you live like those slipping in among you, you're going to be destroyed like those slipping in among you. So there's examples that have come before us that show us what it looks like. Let's keep reading. 
verse 8. He said, in the similar way, now it's in the very same way, <laughs> in the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not find himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain, a murderer. They have rushed to profit into Balaam's heir. Balaam, uh, he deceived the Israelites. He got them to sin. He, he, uh, he sent temptation their way. He was a prophet. He was following the words of God, and then he flipped, and he destroyed the Israelite people. They were destroyed because of he, they fell for his temptation. And they have been destroyed, been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Korah's rebellion was when an army of people came against Moses and tried to um, overtake him. And the Bible says that the earth opened up, swallowed them whole, and then fire came down from heaven and destroyed the rest of the army that was on their side. This is what happens to people that live like this, okay? Come on. These people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm or with no conviction, no doubt, no no care in the world. I'm sitting amongst the holy, living unholy, and I don't feel a thing. I don't care. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers, are fault finders. They follow their own evil desires they boast about themselves, and they flatter others for their own advantage. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. Powerful. Come on, if that doesn't put the fear of God in you, I don't know what will. He's talking to us. We already know the truth, but he needs to remind us of what will happen if you turn away from Jesus. What will happen if you start wanting to live by your mere human instincts? Because we all have instincts. We all have this fallen nature. We all have this body of death. And we all have our own taste for sin. 
It might not look like each other's, but we got it, and it will take us to hell, just like it took all them to hell. Come on, we have to put, have the fear of God. But I believe that Jude is also trying to help Christians that already know this also discern those among them. So these are examples of people who have been destroyed and suffer punishment. And here's a list of what he said. They're slanders, verse 10. They're led by instincts. You don't have to go there. Verse 10, no conviction, verse 12. They're selfish, right? They only feed themselves, verse 12. They produce no good fruit, verse 12. They're grumblers. They're complainers, verse 16. They're fault finders. Verse 16, they follow their own evil desires. That's the second time he said that. Verse 17, they boast about themselves. Verse 17, they flatter others for their own sake. Have you ever met someone that flatters you for their own sake? I'm going to tell you I like you so I can get close to you so I can get what you have. Come on. You'll, you'll spot them. You'll start to discern them real quick. I don't want your flatter. I'm nobody without Jesus. Just tell me you love me because I'm a sister in Christ and we could do this thing together. Amen. They're divisive, 18. They follow their instincts three times. Three times he said that. They follow their own mere human instincts. That is what wicked people look like. That is what it looks like when someone is not following Jesus. They follow their own human instincts. How many times do we tell you, stay in step with the Spirit of God? That is how you're going to overcome this flesh every single time. In the, when you're by yourself and you're so tempted and it's so hard and it's like, oh my gosh, I just want to do this right now. You get up and you say, no, 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 I don't care because my flesh does not control me. I'm going to get around. I'm going to jump. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to run from my human instinct right now. Hallelujah. Come on. And then they said, they do not have the spirit. Verse 19. Come on. He has been given all of this to us as a setup for now, to encourage us how to live as Christians as we wait for Jesus. So there's going to be two types of people in the waiting. In the waiting, you're either going to follow your mere instincts or you're going to stay in step with the Spirit of God. Let's be those that stay in step with the Spirit of God. Amen? Let's read what he says to us now after giving us these warnings, telling us about them, and saying if you live like them, you're going to die like them. Okay? Let's read verse 20. It says, but you, dear friends, and I love that he goes back to dear friends. It's like I'm still talking to those that know Jesus. I'm still talking to my brothers and sisters in Christ, and you need to know that you are my friends, that you are my brothers, that I'm going to tell you the truth. So by you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Come on, he is encouraging us. He's giving us a call to persevere in the midst of this wicked world where people are slanders, where they follow their own instincts, where they're wicked and they write gay on our Chicago for Jesus truck, where they do some crazy stuff, where they have no good fruit in their life. They're slipping in among you. They're fault finders. They are, are uh, uh, 
tempted and, and led away by their evil desires. They boast about themselves. All these people, in the midst of that, my friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith so that you can persevere until Jesus comes back. So what is the trick? How are you going to persevere? You're going to speak in tongues every single day. And you're going to speak what he, those utterances that come from your spirit so that you can walk by the spirit of God every single day, every single moment, and that you do not fall into the temptations that many have fallen before you. Without the spirit of God, we would end up just like them. Come on, by ourselves, all we create is a mess every single time. It is only through the Spirit of God that we are able to be anything, to do anything, to be an example for others. There is nothing within ourselves without Jesus, even the greatest person out there, even the richest person out there, even the nicest person out there, the nicest old lady that you will ever meet. If she doesn't know Jesus, she is still nothing and she can do nothing for you. Come on, you need Jesus. It is by his spirit that we are enabled to walk in the fruit of the spirit. We are able to control this flesh. We're able to say no to temptation. So as we wait for Jesus, we pray in the Holy Spirit. We keep ourselves in God's love and we're merciful. Did I read that part? Let's keep reading this. Verse 22, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Come on, we have an assignment. Say, I have an assignment. Come on, he's giving you an assignment on how to persevere. He's telling you to pray in the spirit to stay in God's love, be merciful to those who doubt. We still need to be merciful. Save others by snatching them from the fire. How do you do that? You preach the gospel, right? You preach the gospel. And to others, you need discernment, right? You need discernment because to some, you're just showing mercy to those who doubt. And you're saying, come on, man, it's okay. I've been there. We're going to get through this, right? And you walk with them. You take them by the hand and you walk life with them. And others, it says, show mercy mixed with fear. You need discernment because you need to know who you're coming alongside, putting your arm around and saying, it's okay, man. You're just having a hard day. We're going to get through this. And the other one, you need to put the fear of God in them because they're this close to becoming just like those who have slipped in among us. So you show them mercy, put your hand around them, but you also give them a little kick. And you say, come on, man, don't go that way. You're, 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 you're playing with fire and you're going to get burned. Come on, we hate us in this room. We need to hate even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. We need to hate sin. Why do people fall into sin? Because they love it. That's why. There is no secret. It's not like, oh, they just tripped one day. No, they love their sin. Why can't someone get free from pornography? Because they love it. They love the feeling, they love what it does to them, and they don't want to cut it off. We need to hate 
even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Come on. But there is good news for us because sometimes it's like, well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to hate sin that much? How am I going to do the things to persevere in this wicked world in these end times when I see people just doing whatever they want to do? How do I do it? Well, there's good news because there's one that is with you that has already overcome the world. There is one that is with you that lived a sinless life and died for you so that now you can live. So Jude says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Come on, who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. You can't do this on your own. You can't stand before Jesus on your own merit, on your own power, in your own right. There is one that goes before you. There is one that you have been covered already in his blood, which makes you righteous, which makes you holy, which says, I don't find fault in this one. Because when he looks at us, he sees the blood. Now to the one God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forever more. Jesus is able to help us and keep us from stumbling. We don't have to stumble around anymore. We don't have to keep on tripping and keep on getting up. And if that's you, amen. Get back up if you've already stumbled. But don't stumble no more. Hold on to Jesus because he is one that doesn't stumble. He keeps it real. He keeps it 100, right? Come on. <laughs> Come on, it's time to be encouraged that you don't have to do this on your own. You have an advocate. You have an advocate on your side. You need to fear the Lord, shun evil all the days of your life, live according to the word of God, and don't be one that has slipped in among us. There are two types of people in the church. There are Christians and there are those who have slipped in among us, right? We need to be the Christians. Believe what this Bible says. See, if those people who have slipped in among us believed this, they wouldn't be those people. They wouldn't have to be destroyed in the fire. If they actually believed that there was a fire, they wouldn't want to go to that fire. You have to believe this. You have to read this. You have to devour it. Let it get into your heart deep so that you don't fall into sin and you do not go to hell. Amen? Amen? Hide his word in your heart so that you do not sin against God. Come on, let's stand up and let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we ask that all of us, come on, just lift your hands. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask you that we would be able to persevere to the end. Oh, Jesus, would you help us? Would you help us, Jesus? You are our advocate, the perfect one the one that lived a sinless life. Lord, would you help us, God, on this walk to stay on the narrow road? Would you help us, oh God, to not get comfortable, oh God, where we're at? 
Lord, give us discernment, Jesus. Help us to be full of power, full of the Holy Spirit, that we would exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives every day, that we would walk according to the word of God, that we would put into practice the fruit of the Spirit, O oh God, that you have given to us. Help us to persevere. Help us to be merciful. Help us to discern, O oh God, what those around us need. And Jesus, help us to be an example that doesn't fall into sin. Oh God, we don't want to be sinful people. We don't want to be people that call ourselves Christians. And still, God, you see the truth. There's a quote that I read earlier, and it says, Secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. There are no secrets, God. We know that. We know that there are no secrets. We know, God, that you see everything. Lord, and we don't want to be one of those that gets you on that day and say, Lord, Lord. We want to hear faithful, well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for salvation. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Come on, just start speaking in tongues. Come on, no matter what you face in this life, God will give you the grace to walk through it. And it's going to be through this right now. It's going to be praying in the Holy Ghost all the way through. Jesus, help us to fear you. Help us to shun evil all the days of our lives. Oh, help us to put you first in our lives and in our marriages and in our homes, oh God. Help us to be real Christians, oh God. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to be fake, oh God. We don't want to be on autopilot. We don't want to just do ministry because that's what we do. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you so much for your word. Oh, Jesus. You are awesome, God. You are powerful. You are beautiful, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. I just feel the presence of the Lord. Just Let's just linger for a few more moments. Come on. Jesus, you do the work in our hearts, oh God. He's the one that does the work in our hearts. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else that wants to pray? I just feel Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Lord. God, I just pray, Lord, that we will fall more in love with you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I pray that we will fall more in love with you, God. That we will fall more in love with who you are, Lord. God, I pray that you will help us to be more like you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you help us to be more like you, Lord God, even in the small things, Lord. Lord God, I pray that you will help us in the small things, Jesus, in the details, Lord. Lord God, maybe we, we don't uh, fall into sin, Lord God. Maybe we don't have sin in our heart, but maybe we could be more humble. We could be more humble, Lord God. Maybe we could be more just more gracious with others, Lord God. Maybe we could be more helpful, Lord God. Maybe we could be more of a servant, God. Lord, help us, Lord God, in the small things, Lord God, in the details, Jesus, to hear your voice, Jesus. Lord God, help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Lord God, I pray that you would help us catch the foxes now, Lord God. So we might not sin against you, Jesus. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, I pray that we will just, Lord, even be more hungry after you, Lord God. Just loving your presence, going after you, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus.